one guy who follows into every stadium across the Rust Belt and the Corn Belt. I told you. I followed you to Louisville, and I said, spank me, Haskins. <laughs> He's got a wrestling promo on him. Oh. Like, I said, spank me. Oh, God. In Manitoba, I said, spank me. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Well, we're, we're rocking and rolling now. Musk boshing us, always. Yeah, man. If he's not trading GameStop stock. Well, we better get going before. We got to get ahead <laughs> of the Musk. Yeah, got to get in front of him. Get out in front of Musk. Hit Welcome me. to the Jerk Practice Podcast. It wouldn't be Jerk Practice unless we were complaining about Elon Musk. I'm Casey. I'm Hans, and Musk is listening in. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? I'm not bad. I had a uh, uncontrolled, you know... <laughs> Uh, just an uncontrolled nap about a half an hour ago. Like, not a chance. Not a chance. Got a half an hour. Meg was out yeah. shopping. And I was like, don't fully fall asleep. Because your do daughter it. will eat a crayon or something and you'll get <laughs> right. shit, you know? And then, like, yeah. I just kept, like, open my eyes. She was watching The Simpsons. I'm just listening. I'm just fading out. And I'd that open my nap. eyes and she'd be right there, like, just staring at me. Just keep your eyes open. It's like, I know I can't. I'm I not can't. sleeping. I'm not I sleeping. Can't. Why are you? Open your eyes. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> oh, so hard. I know that. The, sh- the shame of a hard nap, because you're like, I just can't. I really couldn't. Because you know if you do it, you're done. You'll wake up and Ruby will be graduating high school. Like that's You're like Rip Van Winkle. And that's, for those of you listening, Casey and I are doing an early afternoon pod. I've only been, I've been up for like four hours. That's it. <laughs> It's like I've pulled, it's not like I'm, you know, it's uh, Friday afternoon on Saturday Night Live and I got to burn the midnight oil to get the show Right, off. yeah. I got up, I had some coffee, maybe it was too strong, I had a spike. Could be. Yeah. I had a Bustello our... pour over. Always a mistake. That'll do it. That just shot you through the roof, brought you yeah. back down. Punctured that, the balloon you were flying on? It's, it's funny, I'm like, uh... I'm like the uh, like the functional heroin addict that has to keep the balance, like or the functional like uh, drug addict who's the doctor. So he's like, I gotta oh, yes. keep, like, I gotta keep my opiates in level, and then I gotta level it out with some Thorazine. I gotta right, put like, the needle in my arm. I know how much propofol I need by the time I get out of my car and make it to my bed. Right, but I gotta keep like, functioning. I- Right, I can see two people and not be like a crazy person. And then I take a couple greenies. Yes. And then that's for my afternoon. But for me, if I'm making coffee in the morning, I got two modes. Either I make it, so I do a pour over. Either I make it, and yeah. I have two types of cheap coffee. The weaker, the weaker big crystal cheap yeah. coffee. You got your or the, church. the cheaper, strong, fine powdery coffee. I'll drink one in the morning and go, that's not strong enough. That's a headache. I drink the other one in the morning. I go, that's so strong. That's it. I got it. <laughs> that's my balance. No, I'm just going to say you get that action. I have the same thing. Like, we'll be, it'll be like two, two o'clock. It should be like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like, I think I had too much coffee today. Yeah. Or she's vice versa. Like, I don't think I had enough coffee today. Like, you're just in that perpetual state of about to have a, he- a headache. Or about to like not have a headache. I can bring some light on that, and I think 
I feel like this is something very few people have commented on, or maybe I've noticed, but I feel like this has got to be relatable. There's a huge difference to being out in the world and having excessive amount of coffee, and then there's yeah. home pot coffee. If you're out, yeah, you're at a coffee yeah. shop, you're at your computer, you're writing, or if you're zipping it's around not- town and you're having slugs at different coffee shops, you're moving, you're grooving, baby. I have a crash at home. If you're at home, you know you're staying home, whether for good or bad, and you're like, either two two options. One, you're at home and you're like, ah, I need coffee to just hustle today. I've got a home chore, so you make a big old pot. Or you're at home and you're like, I'm going to get yeah. so much done, big old pot. Right, yeah. And then the first one, you end up just pissed off because you're up and you're like, I don't want to do any of this shit, but now I'm awake. I should have stayed in bed. Or two, you end up like um, Requiem for a Dream pinging around the house not getting anything done either it's true because it would be like when we lived in new york ash worked you know like you and i were both bartenders so we had bartender hours yep ash had a normal nine to five job so it was like friday uh thursday was like our day and it was like my first full day off of the week sure and her first full day like just work and then i would meet her after like after she got off work so we'd meet for a drink go yeah. out to eat do the new york living and there'd be days where she's like what's wrong with you and i'm like what she's like what's wrong with you and i was like oh i just I literally just drank coffee for eight hours and stared at a computer oh yeah so it's like yeah. my brain like mm-hmm. i was trying to like relearn how to be a part of reality that she's like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine i'm just like re it's like if you cr- like you were a star man like i showed up from uranus it was just like so this is how people is this this is what you call a glass <laughs> well this is small talk this is uh, where we should we talk about our day because i had nothing to talk about right because you're just what are you going to talk about your script right <laughs> you want to talk about a comedy sketch i spent eight hours on that end up thrown in the trash <laughs> anyways well threw in that folder for later <laughs> yeah the trash how holder, dare you? which is also its own it's funny we talk cabinet. about um it's funny you mentioned just staring at computers because my computer bricked last week but i still had the old an old the my last unit which yeah. it you and i were on uh just a minute ago before musk got in there because there's one other thing but like <sighs> dust it off it weighs about 100 pounds the only yeah, reason i had to stop using it is because it's a laptop well, one, it was working really poorly, but two, it was a laptop that's battery went, so it became a stationary. She's a stationary, oh, yeah. but it's all I it's got. Just really runs really hot. Always has to oh, be yeah. plugged in. Oh yeah, can barely got, hear yourself over the fan. <laughs> um, uh, so I got it open. And I was like, "All right, well, luck, like it was cool. My other computer's under warranty. I had to send it off after giving it some swipes for. It's funny, like yeah. you're like." I don't do like anything Robot. on that like, computer but jerk practice. And I'm just like, I don't want anybody to get the wrong ideas when they look at that pair of dildo shoes. And they just go, it's so weird. They'll go down the rabbit hole and they'll just be like, not a chance. There's something else here. There's no way that a normal human being is looking at these tits for butt cheeks and and put this put this dong as a beard on a pharaoh. There's something nefarious here. He took the time to Photoshop a bunch of dildos on this face into the perfect shape of a beard. This is a story about a foot 
that farts semen under documents. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> There's no way. So you send it away and you're just like, but in all honesty, you're just like some fucking asshole. Because if I know I had that job, I'd be searching for weirdo photos and just like being creepy. Because it's one of those things. It's like when, when you watch like a good, like when you watch like Mindhunters. It's like to catch a serial killer. Yeah. You need to think like a serial killer. So if you're a computer nerd, mm-hmm. you know where nerds hide things. So you right. know to like go through the 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 index on the computer and like that's where this person hid some weird shit. Oh, but that's the thing. I don't hide anything. Because it has anything. an innocuous folder. No, I have two fold. I've not. I have. I have zero shame and zero. Um, what is it? Security competency. So I have two folders on my desktop. Like that's what I use. Jerk practice podcast. So you open that up. You see mm-hmm. testicle meat for eyes and any yeah. other number of thing that's insane. Or more importantly, like if you're supposed to protect documents, it's like one folder that just says social security numbers, bank accounts, yeah. <laughs> passports. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should send this off. So anyways, I sent it off. The long story is like, cool, it's under warranty, but I had to pull this beast out because it takes like a week or so to get it back. And... um I, the reason it was running slow is because it had 690 gigs just on the desktop of just audio files from the Jerk Practice podcast. Oh, so this computer Jesus. just had to be like, just to start up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, I gotta, I can't believe that's weird. And then I finally figured out, I was like, just like you said, like, or just like I mentioned, like, well, I can't throw away that because there's some gold in there. I this is before I trusted like online clouding. So all yeah. 600 of those gigs were already saved to my Dropbox. So it was just double stored, so I had to go through and like ping through. So basically it took me about 48 hours to clean all the junk off of this, delete all the sure. junk, and then like update it for the last 5 years and all of that. So I just been sitting staring but not like the fun kind like writing and stuff or the creative side just Pulling one folder over to here, Moving. compiling, oh. deleting, restarting, losing my mind when a restart. I'm like, this says, this may take 15 minutes, and you come back and check. You're like, all right, one more step done, one more link in the chain to get this working, and it's still going, like on fifth the 15 minutes. You're like, well, I'm gonna lose. I my mind. did. It was like three months ago, I think, because my phone was running for shit. Just wouldn't work. And like a classic dumb dad, Nintendo blow. It's like, phone don't work. Go to settings. How much space do I have? Right. And I was like, I got to get rid of podcasts. I got to get rid of photos. And I did all that. Get rid of these dumb apps that you don't use. And still, I had this like chunk and it was just gray and it was just other. Yeah, I know. And it was 80% of my (laughs) phone. Yeah. And I was like, I know something's up. Like, this is not my shit. So I did all the stuff. You look online, they're like, delete your web history, delete the cookies. And right. still, this fucking thing was just hanging. Yeah. Sure. Three quarters of the memory. So I was like, okay. So I looked and, like, found the process of just, like, reset your phone mm-hmm. to factory standards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But if you back it up. But I was like you. I was so paranoid that i was like i can't lose my notes uh, yeah i know, I know. <laughs> through and fucking emailed myself 
notes from four years yeah, ago. I, I know. I know. And saved them as a Word doc because it was like, I don't trust technology. Except I'm using technology. And I fucked one of them up. And it was like a list of silly like names for characters. And as I was cutting and pasting, I deleted half of it. And I was going to burn the world to the ground. I was like, no! My all this list of silly names! <laughs> They're gone forever! Here it is, Casey. I knew this was going to come up. Because I was about to say it, but I was like, it can't be the first one. You and I... Exhibit something called digital hoarding, also known as oh, e-hoarding, God. data yeah. hoarding, or cyber, hoard, cyber hoarding, which is an excessive acquisition and reluctance to delete electronic material no longer valuable to the user. The behavior includes the mass storage of digital artifacts and the retention of unnecessary or yeah. irrelevant electronic data. How do I stop I have... being a digital hoarder? Press the reset button. Uh well, I don't know what that means. It doesn't matter. We don't have to go into it. But yeah, I, I have the same. I was like. I did it. I reset it. I just was like, okay, do it. this yeah. is weird. You're being weird. Because then I was like itemizing. I was like, okay, if I'm going to put this in a Word doc, this is the page of good ideas. This is the double list of I good. And it's like, just, just reset the fucking phone or don't. Yeah. And I did. And I was just like, <laughs> and it ended up being fine. But. I'm the guy, I was just going to tell you, and I was fucking classic dumb dad mode. I was like, oh, let's see what you need to do. 15 bucks, get yourself a 5 terabyte ex- extended hard drive, Get plug one of those in. So then you can have three backups of the same nonsense in every fucking place. Here's the thing about digital hoarding. I have a, I don't pull it out. I have like a 512 giga external hard drive, and yeah. it will haunt me to my, I have two of them. One of them can still you can still access it but you can't really do it because i'm not organized at all so i can open it and there's stuff yeah. there mm-hmm. and that's great but you i could never like it would take me a month to pull those over yeah. to cloud storage right to your two yeah. terabyte dropbox which is great mm-hmm. i actually yeah. like that a lot but you got to pull that over and with that i think you have to pull it to your desktop and then pull it to the desktop to da da da. and people don't care about that yeah. i have another one and this, I'll still wake up in a sweat because I'm so pissed. It's 512 gigs, and you plug it into your computer, and it's corrupted, and you can't read it. And on there is tons of our live shows. Oh, no. That's the yes. only way they went. They're off of, because we reuse tapes. Oh, I'm those so fucking, disappointed. The, them HDMI, or not HDMI, but those little cassettes. Yes. HDRs or whatever. HDR, yeah. And yeah. on there is one short video we made that I fucking love that's probably so stupid and such a letdown. You and I made that thing. I've talked about it on here, and I know it's on there because I have no access to it anywhere else. And it is the Perfect Strangers introduction that you and I parodied. Yes. And I want it so fucking bad and it's on there and all the raw footage and stuff so it's there's something to as soon as it's like that in life as soon as i get rid of that screw i need that screw yeah, you need the screw of course yeah because i'm too cheap to buy another. you don't really need it you can go buy another one i've heard oh. todd glass say like if you have a junk drawer you're i sick of you like he hates <laughs> really organized he hates junk drawers <laughs> and he's like if you need a pair of chopsticks go buy chopsticks you don't need to save chopsticks uh-huh. The thing about me is I'll never go buy chopsticks, so I'll use no, my fingers, so I save it. It's a drawer. I got a drawer full of fucking restaurant napkins. 
Oh, nothing beats so I'm like, a good whoa, whoa, napkin. Whoa, whoa, honey, honey, don't don't throw that don't throw that bag out. What am I gonna There's buy a stack of napkins? Of <laughs> it is. It's just the the brownest mm-hmm. stack of napkins in the back of this drawer nothing. that gets in the way of everything because <laughs> I don't use them enough. But I have, if, hey, if you if you run out of toilet paper, I need those napkins. Yeah, honey, bring me the Wendy's napkins. It's like uh, it's like a rag bag. Uh, yesterday, it is. Um, it's a rag bag. Yeah. Yesterday there was like an outdoor oyster roast for employees for the. This is the day after the Super Bowl, and they were like, Hans, you got a lot, dumb dad, you got a lot of hot sauces. Bring some hot sauces. Like, oh, you got it. And so I put them in a box. And I was like, well, let me put some rags and I'm clanking around in there. So when I pulled out these hot sauces. It looked insane because all these rags were old cut up underwear. So I'm pulling out these hot sauces <laughs> yes. that are buffered with old underwear. <laughs> you Yum. Asked for hot sauces. Those Did are you, like, oh, you didn't ask for dirty underwear? <laughs> Sorry. This isn't appetizing, some dirty underwear. Did you wipe your face as you're slathering oysters <laughs> down your gullet? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, you missed a spot here. Let me get you. Not to bath. Um. <laughs> Uh, Don't worry, I cut the elastic off. No, never. I'm too <laughs> late. My... Now my rag bag, I'm too lazy to even split the underwear, which is it's a waste <laughs> of a rag. Just full underwear and then sometimes you forget and you got a half bleached <laughs> pair of weakened underwear. <laughs> Just like picturing you in this beautiful South Carolina suburb. Birds are chirping, summers just around the corner. Like Biff Tannen waxing that car, and the neighbor rides by on his bike. Hey, Mister Brown. Hey, how you doing? And it's just a stack, like knee deep old underwear, <laughs> just polishing that old Chrysler. Oh yeah, for sure. I and DVDs. I, I pride myself, and whenever I leave Whole Foods, I don't. I'm not a freak. I don't take a handful of napkins because that's a so wasteful. I'll always take two napkins on my way out. One, you, you two, out of the, even if I haven't gotten a to-go food item. You might need to blow your nose. You might need to, who knows? You need a, at least a napkin at the ready. Gotta have something in the mid-console. Napkin, pen, <laughs> come on. That's, that is true. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> Uh, oh, Mr. Pryor, sitting outside with the car, I had a Mr. Because I've just been freezing lately. I don't think it's COVID toe, but maybe I got a yeah. like a bad circular. I mean, I got a heart problem, anxiety or something. Because my feet, <laughs> I've never, I told you this before, like my mom growing up, she always told me like, never sleep with your socks because you'll lose your feet or something like that. Some <laughs> sure weird old like wife's a, tale. Was, yeah, it's like the old German folklore. <laughs> right. So I never have, and I've never needed. I was been more, and for the last week and a half, I've been wearing two to three pairs of socks. No, Ooh, not cold anywhere else damn, in my body, dude. just my feet. And you touch them, and you're like, these are like icicles. So a couple times throughout the day, too, I'll just stand in a like a burning hot shower, and just <laughs> like to the point where my skin is reddened and sore, but at least like the capillaries in my feet start opening up. So I don't know what it is. I don't want to lose, <laughs> yeah. lose them. So. My feet are cold, so I was like, I'm reading this Star Wars book that I told you about, which is real yes. sweet, 40th anniversary, Empire Strikes Back. It's tales from Empire Strikes Back, but from different perspectives. Like, I just read a story about a, um, like, a factory work, oh, what would you call him? Like, a low-level employee for the Empire mm-hmm. who's in charge of scanning data transmissions from Vipers 
if you don't know what vipers are they're the little droids with the long dangly legs that you see at the beginning of empire that notices the rebel base on hoth and they destroy it yeah the probe droid probe droid so she's in charge of reading transmissions from tens of thousands of probe droids all around the galaxy and she's like stuck in this box reading them and she sees what these probe droids sees and she dreams of being on all these planets someday but then she sees she's the one who discovers Mm -hmm. the base on on hoth and then she goes back after the war and is like shamed that she's the one who destroyed the rebel base by sounding the alarm too fun. so is it like it's just an anthology series of yeah. just like short stories from the oh it's universe? A, that's it yeah like you're gonna read about a tauntaun trainer i know that one's coming up or oh, like good. a ra- tauntaun wrangler handler yeah handler um anyways that's not really the story except for it's like nice easy reading so it's good this is monday afternoon got the day off but i'm so cold so I want to sit outside and read, and I'm doing it, but it's just chilly. My feet are just cold, so place. I got to sit in a sunspot. And the only sun, <laughs> the only sunspot, is directly in the center of my front yard. So I pull a chair oh, up. God. So I'm just yes, sitting perfect. in the suburb, perfectly centered in my big front yard. Scarf, so it, hat, in a, you in look a ray like of sunshine. Will Ferrell from that movie, Everything <laughs> Must Go, on the cover. It's like. Is it? Did his wife divorce him? He's like, no, 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 just need a little sun. That's it. That's Directly it. in the center. Ruby, it's a sweet spot, guys. It was a sweet, and Ruby would just run up to me and get me a leaf. I go, great, and just throw it. So I got this side of leaves on me, <laughs> reading. Yeah, oh, that's so, it's funny, I have a note because I finally, finally finished that Napoleon doc, or that documentary, that Napoleon book. Oh, yeah. So good. Can't recommend it enough. Do they go on to Napoleon Jr.? He there was a Napoleon Jr. Actually. I know Napoleon the Third, right? Shunned his family. The son did, or Napoleon Senior? He never, he never got, he never actually got to see his after he left and was exiled the first time on Alba. Yeah, he never saw his son again. He never saw his wife again. Did he get poisoned? He, that that's the thing people wonder, like. He died in exile on um, St. Helena? Some some crazy-ass fucking island in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and it gave me a fucking panic attack reading about it. Because he's fucking Napoleon. Like, everybody's like, you're the fucking greatest living human. You're a, you're a tall tale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Writ large. And he was, like, a funny dude. Always busting balls. Like, he just was one of those guys who, like, I imagine it was like, um, he just, like, uh, like a Thomas Jefferson or a Ben Franklin. Like, he just living, had living it that up. just curiosity. So he just read and learned and could speak multiple languages. So you walk in and you're like, fuck it, Napoleon, I hate the French. And he's just like, hey, you want to talk about science? Right. It's cr- and he, cur- like, wins you over uh, so he gets exiled on this fucking island in the middle of the Pacific, like as far away from anyone as you can get. Okay. They're like, yeah, cool, the British, we got you. We're going to build you a house. So they build him a house, and they describe it like he's hanging out with the governor of this island and his kids, and it's beautiful. And they're like, no, 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 but you don't get to live here. You live up there. They built his house just up high enough 
It's like the dampest spot possible. So he's got this mansion that they describe. Like, it looks cool. Yeah. But it's just, it's always musty. Mm. It's, everything is wet. Everything is moldy. Yeah. And you can just, it's like you're talking about with the chill. He talks about how he could not stay warm. Awful. And he was like, I would like to come down to the shore. And they're like, no, no, no. You're Napoleon. Stay up stay in your up damp in- <laughs> cloud. Like, they built him a house in a cloud. Oh, yeah, Cloud City. That's funny. He just was just, and he had this like slow agonizing death because despite being so smart, hated vegetables. Man could mm, never I met a fucking it. green. Always. Never met a green that he liked. Yeah, it's always so he just ate like mutton and <laughs> meat. Yes, and then he's, he's, it's just like, and it's like, what was? It's not funny, but it's like the Stonewall Jackson thing. It's like he's just a fucking strategic genius. He's a genius. He's like. My stomach hurts. You know what makes my stomach better? Milk and oats. Right, right. When in all honesty, you should not have eaten red meat and milk. But that's all Napoleon's like, ah, no, don't, no beet, no green, more meat. Right. So he just, like, he had, he just had this ulcerated stomach and just got really sick. And, you know, like, had the, like, what's it called with the uh, the feet, where your feet swell up? Uh, gout. Got Gout, like he was oh, yeah. gouty, rich and, like, purple, meats. like yeah. just foie gras. All I needed was some roughage. Need a little roughage. Just didn't. <sighs> you do. You talk to a. If you've ever talked to an anti-veg, it's always an interesting perspective because it's it's not just like you can tell me I just don't like the taste of vegetables. I get it. Yeah, I get okay, it. Fine. But it's always like no, it messes with my stomach. It's like that's because it's binding all the garbage in your stomach <laughs> and trying to pull that out of your system. Gives me cramps. That's because it's working. Because it's pulling all that, that awful nonsense out of you. I get it. I, w- I would rather have a nice piece of lamb with mint jelly. But you know what? Not every day. Not for breakfast. Uh, what was the other Napoleon thing? I was like, it's so jerk practice He had a nephew that was American <laughs> and lived in New Jersey. <laughs> Jersey Napoleon? Yeah, Jersey Napoleon. Because his brother met an, uh, an American woman. Mm-hmm. They had a kid, and then Napoleon was like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm the emperor of France. I need to put my brothers in charge. So he, like, put all of his brothers and sisters and made them, like, the king of Venice and shit. Like, right. Because he was like, because you got to trust family. Family's the only people you can trust. So he made his brother leave this woman with a kid. They lived in Philadelphia, and he was like, come on back, come on back. So, yeah, there's a New Jersey Napoleon. Nice. I wonder if uh, the family still reigns there in uh, Orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Napoleon, uh, everybody goes after, you know, everybody wants to bring the big man down. No pun intended. He wasn't really short, was he? No. Anything normal, yeah, normal height? Normal stature. Very <laughs> handsome from description. So... He just couldn't, he couldn't abide... And he's also not French, by the way. He's what? Italian. He's from Corsica. He is an Italian man. Did I lose you? Oh, no. It just, I think it, it locked up. The screen's a little frozen. Cut yeah, back. He's, he's not French? No. At all. He what was, is it? Uh, Where's he from? Jersey? He's from the island. island of, yeah, basically. the Like, Long Island, basically. It's from Corsica, so it's actually oh, yeah. was under the, the veil. Spain. 
Italian. I think it's just one of those islands that is like it's Spanish, it's Italian, it's this, it's that. The French took it over, and that's where his family lived. Interesting. So then when he went to school, because his dad was like a freedom fighter, like his dad was basically like Fidel Castro. Nice. On this island. So he, they just got rid of all of their enemies, and they're like, yeah, 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 no, we're like from a, a lineage now. We're the Napoleons. And sent his son to France, and he's like the most famous freshman, but he's not even French. That's funny. Um... I don't know why. Oh, you said Castro. Wow, this is this will be the tangent of tangents. And I don't even yeah. know if you got to, you finally finished that Napoleon book. But I think you mm-hmm. did. You have a, did you have something on that? Because I know I just interrupted, interrupted. Or was it? Oh a, no, I was like I finally finished it, and then I immediately started reading a a, a collection of Conan stories. Yes. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I'm I just I'm like in the middle of uh, Nixon land. Uh, Ron Perlstein, super interesting. It's exactly what you would think. It's what, you know, it's just basically how Richard Nixon's not just the president. It's basically how the seat of the presidency encompasses every aspect of yeah. every, everything within that period, right? It's not just, it changed America. It's like, no, it like all the way goes down to like why this happened in, uh, you know, Thailand with, mm-hmm. uh, coca-cola futures or something you know it's it's whatever and all i feel like i read a or heard a stat about nixon and it's like with some obs- insane amount there was like because it had to do around the time of the all the shit at the capitol mm-hmm. and someone was talking about when nixon was president there were like something like seventy thousand reported like bombings like around, improvised uh, bombing devices just in America in like 1976 or 1977. Like it was in like one of Nixon's biographies where he talked about it. And I was like, oh my God, like that's insane. Like what? That I, Cause it, I wonder if that's like radical, like left, like kind of bombing. Well, and it had to do with all, cause that all the protests were happening. It's like the, uh, uh, Black Panther movement is on the way up. You have the weather yeah. underground. That's what like I was thinking. All like just the sheer amount of civil unrest. Yeah. And I was like seventy plus thousand. Like that's. Can you imagine if that was happening now? Like that's in, in, insane. I can't even. And comprehend. again, it just shows how uh, how like. We're just a bunch of weaky, weaky Gen Z millennials. Like seventy thousand is crazy. Back then, they're just like, "Eh, what? Shut up! Take your lumps." <laughs> what? He blew up a car in Philly. Take it easy. Um, what did I? Oh yeah. And then I switched to. I needed a break, so I'm reading Star Wars garbage. Oh shit! Where was I going? It's just fun to have that, like, yeah, candy for dinner sometimes. Of course. You know. I forget what I was going on before that, though. I lost my tangent. Uh, oh, yeah, it is beyond a tangent because you met, mentioned Castro. Listen to this, Ted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go from Castro to the Irishman to what I wanted to talk about. So it's reverse is Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, recommendation of the week. Yeah. Watch yeah, the yeah. movie Goodfellas. Don't just flip. <laughs> don't just flip through channels. This may, be, this may be the first time you've heard this, but yeah, check out Goodfellas. It's good. I'm telling you, don't just see that it's on TBS and go. All right, I'll 
I know I can have it on the background anytime because I can like I can just leave it on and be like fine. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I was just scrolling for something to watch the end of the night. Meg was gonna take a shower, and normally I would like if she was there, we'd start something together, like some mm-hmm. bullshit, like um some forensic something. I was like, oh, yeah. she'll take a shower. Yeah. I'll just start Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Because yeah. I can just shut it Seen off. Seen it a hundred times. Yeah. But I just started it, and. I like I knew there wasn't going to be commercial breaks or this or that, and I just watched it straight through. That fucking movie from the moment the there's the moment the um title sequences comes in and it's the car yeah. with the logos. Zoom! It's like perfect. That movie is fucking. It's yeah. It's so close. Every to... scene is so iconic, audibly, visually. It is like the perfect film. And then I messed up, and it just is what it is. I was like, "Well, I'm gonna watch The Irishman." It's hard. It's hard. Not the Irishman the sizzle is, does have not. It, we we haven't watched yet. it yet because I heard the same thing. I heard it's really fucking long, and it's not Goodfellas. It's or okay. Casino. Even I love Casino. I'm I do casino. too. We're both Casino guys. It's not either you gotta watch it because it's still scorsese but you're just it is it's got gimmicks here's here's where here's here's where you here's where you lose me right off the bat i just talked about the title sequence of goodfellas plain white text black black background the uh the traffic coming by so the the text screams by with the traffic and then it's a still text in the middle so goodfellas ray liotta here's the irishman uh, the Irishman shows up without an eye, and it's a spent shell casing spinning in the air. And it's as it spins, it becomes the eye. And then Irishman goes away, and the shell casing's still there spinning, and it becomes the eye and De Niro. And then the De Niro goes away, and the shell casing's still spinning, and it's the eye and Pesci. And then it's still spinning, and it's the eye and Pacino. Oh, it's too, it's, too much. Too much. <laughs> I get it because you can see the DNA of the idea. Yeah, he's like, I'm the guy who did Goodfellas, and I did the title sequence. That was me. I'm gonna do me even more than I can do me. So that just already, you're just like, it's too tedious already. Here's the thing: the Goodfellas thing recommendation is thirty something years dated, and then the Mm -hmm. Irishman um nitpickery is at least a year and a half dated but i'm going to it that movie has got everything i would love and i love the actors but it's got mob and it's got mm-hmm. it's very it's basically the force gump of i don't want to spoil things for you but it's the force gump of fun. mob movies because yeah. de niro plays this irish guy who you're like oh he killed joey joe gatto He's he. Oh, here's where I was getting to. He delivered the guns to David Ferry that ended up in the Bay of Pigs. He, you know, oh, he's gotcha. he's involved in Jimmy Hoffa, played by you know, and all these things. So he's the gun. He's just a hinge in history. He's like, the hinge. He just yeah. touched everything, which is great. I love history. I love the mob. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. I love those actors. But it is so hard because it starts out with elderly De Niro. And then they cut back, and I know this is not a new comment, they cut back and he's supposed to be playing late 20s, 30s, and yeah. it just doesn't work. On Just not De Niro's fault, he actually does great, because wh- what else are you supposed to do? But there's only so much digitization before you mm-hmm. hit that uncanny valley and you're in right. Polar Express territory. Yeah. 
it's just these strange eyes floating in like this young like <laughs> it's a cartoon like it is a cartoon it is That's what we're trying to reconcile is like had you paid jack davis to animate young robert an awesome animated movie actual robert de niro people would be less like this is weird as a because it is it's just like this wobble like i never thought about it that way but you're right it's robert de niro's actual eyes glaring out of this like wobble smooth face, face. <laughs> yeah. and the thing they do about it like the the practical effect is they're like because i don't care if you're de niro or me when you get to be that age and he's been he's late 70s whatever he is you know he's yeah. just older yeah. it doesn't matter your body takes a different shape so sure. your shoulders slink a little bit you get a little hunchier you get a little paunchier mm -hmm. so they're like well we got to make up for this so they put him in a frankenstein blazer so, so he's right. got these sharp <laughs> broad shoulders it is so it it's just like your brain table. can't process it and especially mine because i'm like i fucking love all of these characters, I love. I love that they'll do like pauses. Like you'll meet um, the gangster that Harvey Keitel plays, and then it'll pause on him and give you a little snippet of where and how he dies. You know, twenty late years later, and you're like, yes, like eight bullets to the brain, nineteen eighty Saginaw. You're just like, oh, that is so good. So everything about it has everything yeah. I want, but your brain just goes like, try and focus on what the all the things you just, love. Yeah. And ignore that ghoul <laughs> playing the character. <laughs> yeah, just this, like, that that Scorsese he's got is... a wart on his face that's crawling around, and you're <laughs> asked not to like. But there's a spider on his face. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, Scorsese is the the uh, it's the Doctor Frankenstein of uh, directors trying to resurrect. And I, I remember seeing a photo, and I was like, "What a!" It's so funny, and it was when they were filming The Irishman. And it is like you described that De Niro in that Frankenstein jacket, but also because I guess that guy in real life was like seven foot tall. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a photo of De Niro with um, Al Pacino, and De Niro's got a pair of shoes on him like an <laughs> art history book. <laughs> like it, they are the biggest goofiest blockiest shoes you've ever seen in your life and yeah. i was like i get it he's tall but it just but i hadn't thought about it until you told me about that jacket and i was just like that jacket is big his shoes are really big that's the other thing this is like you're just like are you rubbing it in my face the so you see old de niro and pesci they stop on the side of the road because their wives want to have a cigarette and joe pesci uh, made a promise that he would never be around cigarettes anymore because some old mob guy died of lung cancer and he promised himself. So he's like, I don't even let my wife smoke in the car. They're old. They're going to do their, their, in their golden years. They stop so the wives can have a cigarette on the side of the road and they're looking off in the distance. They see an old Texaco station and De Niro's like, what are the odds? And Pesci looks over. He's like, are you kidding me? Is that the one? Because it's where they first met. Cut to... De Niro driving as a truck driver and he so think about this this is this is when you first meet him it's a it's going back in time he's just gotten out of the war and he's new it's like his first venture out in the world so he's starting as this young trucker in a union so you have yeah. to think he's between like the ages of if he's 30 that's old mm -hmm. yeah, and so right, his yeah. truck breaks down he gets it to the filling station he's looking under the hood 
and they're young. And then Pesci comes up and the first words out of his mouth, he goes, having some trouble there, kid? And you're just like, these guys, even as much as they did, they look, because he's, they're trying to young him up. So uh, yeah. De Niro has like a maroon leather kind of trucker's jacket on and he's got a yeah. pork pie hat on. <laughs> he's got a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, he's a bullet belt. Um, I'm just like, oh, wow. Anyway. See, why would you, like, I'm asked, like, just, like, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know that neither Hans or I are classically trained actors. But that's a big ask to even ask those guys. Oh, yeah. Who were some of the greatest living actors, great, just greatest actors in the history of performance. Watch Goodfellas. It's like, flawless. To... It seems like an easy thing. It was like, no, just act young. No. It's like, no, no, no. I don't do that anymore because I'm fucking old. It's, yeah. Like, just recast it. Like, cast someone young. Nobody cares. Cast them in, there's a huge chunk where they're playing their older selves. And it works fine. You gotta just, they didn't cast, you know, um, Marlon Brando as young Marlon Brando Mar in The yeah. Godfather 2 or whatever, right? Didn't De Niro right. play him? It was him? De Niro. Exactly. Like, the whole point is they cast a younger actor to play the fucking part. And it sounds like, it is like I'm giving Scorsese shit, but The Irishman is still better than 90% of the movies sure, out there. of course. And they're still acting better than 90% of actors would have acted in it. It's just like, it's a shame that you're so attached. You like, I'm waiting for, you know, Tim Burton's gonna make, like, elderly edward scissorhands and it's like no you don't need johnny depp as old scissor hands you know what i mean is that real keaton's gonna play beetlejuice don't fuck with beetlejuice but <laughs> no there's no keaton real guys. scissor hands there's not a real... old old edward i was like what did i miss something <laughs> why wouldn't they do that edward scissor hands yeah, is great just put but it is he a robot edward scissorhands he's a monster isn't he Wait, made yeah. out of wax yeah, he's like a, a robot with wax skin. Because doesn't if, he... if I'm using yeah. the science of the movie, Vincent Price has a factory that cuts things into smaller things. Right. And he, he looks lovingly at that, like, Tim Burton robot with scissors for fingers and just, like, has that look like, I wish that was my son. But yeah, it's like he's got, like, waxy hands because when Vincent Price dies, he cuts up. That... Yes. The hands fall through the scissor hands. Yeah, I don't understand. That always, that is such a weird scene. So did he just fill, he got rid of the oil and put blood in it? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's full of leaves. <laughs> that is a weird, weird movie. That, that movie's so weird that it must have come out in, uh, uh, that weird in, in the best way. It, I think it probably came out in 19... 1990, 91? Probably early, yeah. I mean, that was I was seven or eight, and I remember seeing that in the theater. That's that's the sign of, yeah. like, something, something I remember, like, renting unusual. that cassette, and, like, it was new. Like, new release. Edward Scissorhands. But I also remember seeing arachnophobia in the theater and thinking spiders were going to come out of the wall. <laughs> Still to this day, Ash! Can't take uh, that. That movie ruined her. We just rewatched it over Halloween. Still a good movie. Oh, I'm but yeah, it holds up. Yeah, creepy, creepy. That fat guy gets the spider in the popcorn when they're watching Jeopardy. No, thank you. Oh yeah. No thanks. No, yeah. 
popcorn in my food? Isn't there? Isn't a spider in the toilet at one point? No yeah, thanks. under the toilet seat. I don't need to uh, see the that. shower head. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. And John Goodman plays classic. I heard he plays good. Weirdo character in it. Goodman. Oh, they were out. They. Um. Uh. Before he's famous, so he's really. That's the fun part about rewatching it. Is like him going like full hog like because this it's for him this is like this is my only shot you right. know what i mean so you see someone you know who's a very nuanced performer just go big and go big for 90 minutes this isn't like, pre-zan though is, is it so it's pre-zan yeah really i feel like it's post um raising arizona but pre-roseanne oh interesting uh, they were uh, location scouting for Righteous Gemstones Season 2 out at uh, my work this week. No way! Yeah. That could be cool. That could be cool. Hell yeah. I love it. It's. Do you remember that movie, State of Maine? State of so, Maine. Uh, I guess I can describe. Basically, uh, or just the situation. Basically, it's like this small town in Maine, and they're mm-hmm. coming to shoot a Hollywood movie there. And all these Gosh, people are like, it, they're like just, you know, starstruck like and all. Baldwin's in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, all the people from Hollywood treat them like yokels, mm-hmm. and they are nervous around all these people, so they act kind of yokely or whatever, yokel, yeah. whatever term. You know, it's that like the fish out of water. And um, anyway, so the the location scout was out there, and. He's like, oh, I'm out. I'm, you know, we're doing some, somebody brought him over. I was like, oh, cool, cool. And I was talking about, you know, Righteous Gemstones and Vice Principals and a couple things. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Vice Principals is made by the same people that make this. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, he's like, I was like, oh, um, I'm an idiot to you right now. Or I'm totally oblivious to how the movies be made. You know, same people can make different movies. That's <laughs> basically it. He's like, we look at the placey and we put he in the movie. You know he's not really a priest. <laughs> exactly, I know. It was like This that. is not a documentary. <laughs> You're like, yeah, uh, I understand. <laughs> I know how movies are made. <laughs> I know. You know what actors are? <laughs> I know. I felt Them I felt shadows it. is pretty shadows <laughs> on my TV. Because I was going to come back and I was going to ask him a question about, because um, he was location scouting, mm-hmm. a question about where they shot one of these things in um, in Vice Principles, where they shot one of these scenes, because I couldn't place it. And I was just about to walk in and I just went, no, because I, I just played through the conversation in my head and I just went, yeah, no, I don't want to talk to this guy. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not doing he's not favor, giving but... me the, uh, he's not giving me any due for having any common sense whatsoever, which is a shitty shitty thing to do but it's also it's it's at at sometimes it's a little bit understandable sure and it's like i I, it's like you try and think because you know like in new york like they filmed a bunch of tv shows at rye so it's like i had to deal with those production people and you had to do that at like trailer park too with like stuff you're like you're the person who shows up to make sure they don't Fucking break like the tiles up. on yes. the floor because they will, and don't drill a hole into the wall and hang a television. Yes, so you're there to babysit adults, and then those adults, like, um, so I don't know if you know what HBO is. I was like, right. I understand. I know you're making a television show. Yeah, it's great. I know James Franco is here because he give stole a my fuck. fucking seat. That's and I also don't care. 
that's what people need to that's what they get away with is that like they i don't know if they purposely i'd say they if this projection is on purpose because what i learn from people i've talked to is never let a production company just because of like doing a cool project steamroll you into using your location because they will fuck your shit up they don't give a fuck they will stay later they will interrupt your business they have no qualms and you will get nothing after the fact and they'll treat you like they're doing you a favor oh my god and that's what happened with the the show the the last shoot that i worked on at right before we moved they were filming the show the deuce and it was the Mm, same bullshit like I had to talk to this one guy who I didn't didn't do anything like he wasn't a producer like he's just the guy everyone talks to because no one wants to talk to each other. Right. Uh, And she just kept like just, you know, that pat on the head like you described like, so this is how TV is made. Yeah. Famous people may be here and you need to. And I was like, don't. What do you need? You need to know where the, the circuit box, you know, the breakers are. Cool. I'll show you where the breakers are. Hey, don't put that there. Thanks. Don't do this. So that after he just fucking running me ragged all day long, the dude has the balls because there was a bar upstairs and then we had a bar in the basement. Don't, he was like, I know. Noti- so I noticed you have a bar down here. I was like, yeah, we have two of them and we are not open today because you guys are filming. Yeah. He was like, so I'm just I was talking with the crew. Oh, fuck. Um, could you? Open the bar and bartend for us. Fuck like that. It's like, how dare you, sir? How fucking dare you? What a fuck. That makes my skin crawl right now. Fucking from a hole in the and you got the fucking stones to say, "Hey, open the bar and serve me." That's tough. That's tough. Hey, maybe if James Franco or. David Simon, who I love as a fucking writer and creator, right. has written some of my favorite things of all time. If he asked me, hey, man, can you pour some drinks for us? I might have done that. And I wouldn't have charged him. But I certainly wouldn't open the, I'll get a cash register out, count the bank down. Oh, he probably didn't even expect you to charge them. Oh, uh, you, that, that's what I was saying. The same thing. Like, window. And I went, no, there's a bar next door. Uh, went, so we got to go next door. And I was like, "Yeah, you got to go next door." Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's the thing. Like, if you're James Franco or whomever, like, I'll pour you a drink on the um premise that you'll let me pick your brain for a minute because yeah, that's well, what's in it for me. Act like humans, you sir. Hey, would that, you like a drink with yeah, me? Yes, you sir. That plugs in the outlets and has fancy shoes. I don't give ask, a fuck about ask you. Ask me to then show up and be your server. <laughs> That's some <laughs> fucked up shit. That is some fucked up shit. Um, yeah, that makes uh, that that makes my blood boil listening to that. No, um, I was like, Hansi will appreciate a shitty story like this because we have Doctor Toilet and the boys. You know, that's just how we do. Um, yeah. That being said, I uh, yeah. All of that being said, I would love to just oh, see how... Because I love Jody Hill. I think he's yeah. fucking brilliant. I think Danny McBride is brilliant. Not just oh, Danny McBride in front of the camera brilliant, but like we, we've we talked about them across the spectrum like uh, fucking Halloween. I was going to say, I would love to, to talk their to process. him about Halloween. To just be like, 
you like just about not even about him making Halloween. Just talk no. to him about the Halloween movies, like the crazy shitty ones. That like that, can you like yeah. just talking to him about like hey, did you see Jason X? It's like of course you saw Jason Ooh, X. But it's to on be able HBO to, like, Max, yeah, shoot the shit with. I think it would be fun. You, like, cause not or even, even that... Foot Fist Way. Like that. Yes. Movie yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny and weird. Just to like, like I just like to see that. How'd process. you guys do it? Like, what's tell their, me about yeah, it. Yeah. What's their process like? Just to watch them shoot a few scenes. Do they do some? I want to see if they mm-hmm. do apato takes. I want to see how tight they yeah. are. What? Cause uh, I bet I bet I'd yeah. be surprised a little bit. That would be like fun. how much script is like? Do you give me three on book and then? I, I, you get like five or six where you just go, like and, give and take, like yeah, I'd be very interested too. And a nine to ten, I bet those dudes, if I was in the far, far background, just kind of observing, wouldn't say a fucking word. It would be that fucking wiener miser who'd be like, um, uh, you were shooting here. Can you maybe just give us some space? I even got one of those. Like I was. Trying to stand out of the way, just because I knew the restaurant space, and I was like, "Okay, this is the host stand area. I'm gonna be out of the way." The guy had he kept coming over and was like, "I think you might be in the shot." Like he wasn't telling me I was in the shot. He wasn't telling me I was making eye contact with somebody, but he was just like, "I just oh okay, you're fine." Like he kept like I was his guy. Yeah, fuck. Like There's too so many people. When his boss asked him what he did today, I, I got to be what he did. Right. He's like, oh, that guy with the beard, he was in the shot. Remember that? Remember that? I took Remember, care like, of him. I was like, I was the guy. That like, was he him. He needed me to get a pass for the day, to prove he did work that day. That was him at the bar. Luckily, not you fucking shilling these guys' drinks. Like, Man, I've had such a bad day. You know that beard. You know, like I just had to be on him. Like I had to get him out of the show because I was doing something. I, I'm. I was. <laughs> I'm making trying to talk to James. You need me. Said, <laughs> no, exactly. And that's exactly. He was trying to prove his very minimal amount of worth. Yeah. Not as a human. Like he has worth as a human being. Of course. But on that set, he was getting paid a lot of money. And as far as I could fucking tell, he didn't do shit. Yeah. But no, not at all. Not at all. He eked his way in. He got that he had the extra scratch to do that internship on his summer break at NYU film school and he weaseled enough to get a low level uh, boom <laughs> boom job. <laughs> oh man, but he did get his comeuppance because James Franco had his little station as he was directing the episode, his water bottles and whatnot all set uh-huh. up. So he was always around James to make sure everything was okay. <laughs> was the best i was like thank god there is balance in the universe i don't know if it's god but it's something because his dumb ass backed up into all james franco shit his phone and just knocked this fucking thing over because he was micromanaging someone else and the look on james franco's face was like this man's never working this out again and i was like you're fired i know it because james franco looked Passed me to, you know, the the HBO, the face of HBO, and they were just like, yeah, no, nope. you don't do that. <laughs> he just you don't put your ass on James Franco's water bottle. That was just the look. He just said, "Hey, take your mental picture of this fucking guy's face <laughs> and ruin him." <laughs> and just, 
Which, in in full disclosure, would be me in any other situation. Oh, of course. No doubt. Of course. I took that joy because I was like, well, at least it's not me. But that's... Because that would be me, trying to overly please people, but I was already over it at that point. But that's like 20 20 to late 20-something me. Like, if something like that happened to me now, like, I I think you might be in the shot. And it keeps happening, be like... I'm actually fucking working over it. I'm still yeah. working. If it happened again, I would just walk over to their camera and fucking kick it over. <laughs> I got to the point I was like, And then, you know, you'd I have like, to... Ex- he yeah. can tell me to move if I'm in the way. <laughs> right. You don't get to tell me to move. I will have... David Simon can walk over and ask me to get out of the shot. And because that, I could shut this whole thing down. <laughs> that's the thing. I kick the camera over. Everybody goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this guy's fucking problem? I go, this guy's fucking riding my ass. And you guys are in here in my space working. And they go like, and I'd be like, you can't fire me. But this guy's responsible for my fucking meltdown. Your camera's broken. Because of me. It's because of this asshole. Look past the guy. HBO exec. <laughs> mental picture. <laughs> Because we can't switch, we can't do another location, Scout. We fucking, this is an hour out of here. We loaded in. It took five fucking hours to load everything in. That guy's not worth it. Just get him, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Oh my God. What was I going to, um, I was looking up, you got Valentine, you Valentine's Day guy? I actually, we are going to go out. Really? Where are you going? Ash, Ash got us reservations at a, a restaurant that we like downtown. Nice. Uh, seafood restaurant going at, We you call them on the phone like, what's the earliest we can be there? We're there 10 minutes before that. So we're going, we're going to have a, a nice dinner on uh, Valentine's Monday. Seafood, some oysters. Nice. The whole deal, yeah. I like it. I was thinking, um, I was just trying to think of something on the level. Of, uh, you know, love, marriage, Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day, trying to give you something. Do you want to hear about some strange cultural love marriage traditions around the world? Sure. How about in France, on the day of the French wedding, the guests fill a toilet bowl with all the leftovers, which were once deemed delicious, mix them with alcohol, and drink them. The couple is obliged. To, I've never heard of this. The couple is obliged to finish the bowl in order to build up strength for the taxing wedding night that is ahead of them. How gross is oh, that wow. wedding sex? There you go. That that's a metaphor for you fill the toilet bowl. <laughs> oh, this one I love. I read this over a couple. You ever heard of blackening the bride in Scotland? No. Basically, in Scotland, blackening the bride means the night before they grab as gross a shit as they find, such as old sauces, old minced meat, bad fish, rotten eggs, tomatoes, and just throw them at the bride. (laughs) The belief is that if she can handle that, she can handle marriage. Wow. We Americans need to be of sturdier stuff, apparently. I know it. Uh, in India, they marry a tree. Hey, by the way, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how legit this listicle is. Uh, um, let's see. They it's bo- like that. Did we watch that documentary? Like just that clip of that woman who like married a roller coaster. 
Uh, are you talking about like the people that love inanimate objects, like the guy who falls in love with his car's tailpipe or something? It's car's tailpipe and that woman who was in love with the picket fence. So she just like straddled the picket fence. <laughs> I don't like it. There's a yeah, ton of people it. that marry ghosts, especially in like the UK. <laughs> like they ghosts. recognize ghosts as qualifiers to be married, so they'll like. And they divorce ghosts and stuff. So you could marry John. So I could marry John Lennon's ghost. I don't know if do, you do. I need consent from the Lennon Ono. I don't know. I, that's family. a great point. I've never heard of the famous married. We got it. That's what we're doing. Twitch. We'll each pick a. You, you want to marry a George or John? We'll both marry a Beetle. I'm a Ringo Live man. on the internet. I'm a Ringo man. He's <laughs> still alive. He's not dead. I'm marrying a living ghost. He's close. He's close. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put a ring on that Ringo. I'm telling you. <laughs> Nobody put a ring on that Ringo. Is Ringo the ultimate bachelor? I think he might just be. Just a private man? No way Ringo's never been married, has he? Oh, I think he's been. I don't know if he's been married. Can't wrangle that Ringo? I can't wrangle that Ringo. Speaking of Ringo, Screech died. <laughs> I know. I was going to text you, but I was just like, eh, we'll just that let that The story lie. makes me really sad. I know he had his... Uh, like, he just announced it like six months ago. He was like, I'm very ill. Three, we- three weeks ago. Oh, God. It wasn't three even a month? Ago. It wasn't even a month. It was like three weeks ago. He went to the hospital. Like, he had a bad... Here's where I'm... Here's a few points where I feel bad. Like, every article you saw... When when Dustin Diamond died was Dustin Diamond of Screech fame. Maybe right. they didn't say of Screech fame, but Dustin Screech Diamond, fame. Fam- <laughs> famous for playing Screech on yeah. Saved by the Bell, dies tragically of lung cancer. Next one. Mm-hmm. Lung cancer. Next one. Lung cancer. I was like, he died of cancer. I was like, you're putting lung on there because you yeah. want our minds to go to some salacious place because you want us to like think of Screech... As Remember when he was a pig? S- smoke toting, drug using, bar fighting. You know, like he probably didn't even smoke. Like Andy Kaufman died of lung cancer. Probably not. Smoke. Yeah, but I heard that a lot. Like, oh, I gotta, you know, he's a big smoker. It's like I don't think they said that. He just said he died of lung cancer. Screech, Screech, um, <laughs> Dustin Diamond. Diamond. So I didn't even know they rebooted Saved by the Bell last year. And it's like a rebooted oh, show. So he died of a broken heart because he wasn't in it. But he justifiably wasn't in it because in 2009, he wrote a book called Behind the Bell, where it was uh, like all these. So it was basically the Tales from Jabba's Palace. <laughs> of Saved by the Bell universe. Uh, I... um, and he wrote all these stories about how they were using drugs and like sleeping oh, around so and all this shit. Notice. And he was like, but literally three years later, he was like, nah, none of it is true. He's like, I had a bad, like, coke problem and needed money. So I got got the book cover for that for you. It hit me as soon as you said behind the bell. And I was like, behind the bell, ding. Oh, you get back a building. Oh, it's beautiful. Classic, you know, you know, principal jacket down. Oh, it's bare butt cheeks. Oh, there's a bell in front of his butt. (laughs) So you get Why the salacious, you get the, the building, building, and you get the school bell. And a couple cheeks sticking out the bottom. You know who I didn't hear is old belding Dennis Haskins talking about Dennis Haskins on Dustin Diamond. Here we go. 
must have had some kind words <laughs> to he, say. Did he say good riddance? <laughs> oh. Uh, Haskins. I will say I heard a lot. You know what? I, I'm, I don't want to diminish him. But the, I feel like the word comic genius gets thrown around a little too much these days. Uh, yeah, didn't he and Belding have a two-hander? Isn't one of the Saved by the Bells just the two of them together? Uh, so, Saved by the Bell, the new class, the only people that stuck around were Haskins and Diamond. Principal, assistant principal, Assistant Screech. to the principal, yeah. And then they were both in like, it was like, it was like Saved by the Bell, like... You know, after not after Tark, it was like <laughs> after Saved by the Bell <laughs> remix, and it was like Belding retired and Screech was the principal. I don't know, but I know they were in a couple like <laughs> because together. you can do that. It's it's like a uh, divine right of kings. Yes, the, the mighty Belding is is going into the sunset, so he leaves it to his firstborn Screech. I don't. Did think... we find out Screech is Belding's kid? Am I just dreaming that? I don't know about that, but. Uh... There was you know Screech what? didn't have a dad on the show, right? That was the whole thing. It's like she, his kooky mom's single. She loves Elvis. You know what's funny though is um after that happened, uh our buddy Trish posted a photo of like I Screech signing her tits and then or signing her shirt. That's not fair. So he was signing her <laughs> shirt. See, I'm the one being salacious. You're behind the building. I'm gonna bleep that. That was horrible. What am I, Joe Rogan? Um <laughs> And then my wife was like, I took that picture. I was like, what night were you and Trish hanging out hey, with, that was with Dustin Diamond? Dustin I, I Screech Diamond. Screech, cause that's, <laughs> that's probably why he is had such a sad life, because everybody was shrieking Screech at him. Like, that was before the time. I feel like now people are more... Um, in tune with actors as mm -hmm. with actors portraying characters where back then it was like me gots tv tv's got characters those actors Uses. are those characters so it was like screech screech you're fucking it's screech. the same way the righteous gemstones woman was talking to you because right. she thinks people think that way still right right and they don't like i feel like name a crazy character actor now in two years you'll see him playing you know be yeah. up for an academy award for playing something because you just respect people's craft now and screech mm -hmm. didn't have that chance they weren't like let's cast screech as the night stalker <laughs> dustin diamonds <laughs> let's cast dustin diamond as the night stalker which he'd probably be amazing instead they were like hey let's get screech to beat up that other nerd in nerd. celebrity right. death oh, boxing yeah, that's right because he fights a ron sassafras or whatever his name is from fucking cotter <laughs> come back cotter I don't think What's Dennis it? Haskins is on the internet. I don't remember. Um, I Well, I know what Dennis Haskins is doing because before coronavirus happened okay. and ruined everybody's life, but also ruined America's pastime of baseball, yep. oh. I know I sent you a message because we were watching our Columbus Clippers mm -hmm. play the Louisville Bats, and part of the, the week's promo was Dennis Haskins is coming to the fucking single-A baseball stadium to sign baseballs, because why not? You're not not going to get Randy Jackson's autograph on a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope he's. I hope he likes his life. I hope he's not a guy who's like, uh, just to like, like a Krusty the Clown, like, I gotta go sign yeah, baseballs yeah, yeah. to make my nut. I hope he's like, this is fucking nuts. Like, I'm going to Columbus 
to sign fucking sign baseballs. Baseballs. Because for some you know, reason they I want the principal fucking saving the bell to sign baseballs. I hope he's down uh, down to down downtown. I hope he I loves bet it because I because I want him to be happy because he apparently from a friend of ours who got to hang out with him, he's a crazy, cool, weird dude. Because it's like wine. I feel like fan culture, because of the ex, like now what, what came what came out of like what was the star the Star Trek convention, which mm-hmm. then became comic book conventions, like nerdy niche things. Like I feel like the the culture is more like loving. It's less like sign my bat building. Like people right. actually, the only people who are going to approach you are people who want. To, like, have an interaction mm-hmm. with you. Maybe not Maybe, at a yeah. Clippers game, though. Like, I would go up to Belding at, like, a cool, like, 90s pop culture convention and be like, Dennis Haskins, crazy, you were part of my childhood, that's cool. Yeah, I'll yeah. buy an 8x10, what the hell, I'll put it up in my daughter's room. But you're gonna get a lot of, like, beer-swilling guys who are like who will literally be like, <laughs> Belding, spank me, I'm Zach! <laughs> <laughs> spank me! <laughs> There's that one guy who follows into every stadium across the Rust Belt and the Corn Belt. I told you. I followed you to Louisville and I said, spank me, Haskins. He's got a wrestling promo on him. Like, I said, spank me. Oh, God. In Manitoba, I said, spank me. Did you see they had finally bringing it back? Maybe, maybe Corona's at least bringing back some of the old. The old heyday. There was some guy run ran across the field in the Super Bowl last night. Pink bra, just black bicycle yeah. shorts. But nobody focused on him. I don't know no, if that was a weird. I was like, this guy's not a school shooter. You know, like I know you don't want to put like people's faces up like to give them notoriety for a horrible yeah. event. But like, put this fat asshole's face on the screen. Like they yeah, didn't even play a not? replay. I didn't even read like we were like Mitch came over and we had the game on so we watched part of the game. I didn't even know it happened till this morning. I was looking at the news. I wish so. Which I love that that's news. Like a guy got on the field and everybody was like, "Don't look at it." It's Don't not news, it. but it's it's too bad the game was such a blowout and the Chiefs were on yeah. the field at the time because I wish if it were like a close enough game and earlier on the game, you know, you you have some fun with the guy. Sure. But the, uh, like all they did was they Kingpin cut to Brady without... and he was like. For shame. Yes, no. No. How dare you? Like, now I, I just want, because now I'm just picturing it just like that scene in Kingpin, where that woman, that busty woman comes down and, like, storms the bowling alley. Oh, yeah. And it's that brilliant scene where Bill Murray's <laughs> so just, good. like, copping a feel on this it's woman while also so trying good. to look, like, concerned. Like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just picturing Tom Brady, like, doing that to that guy. It's just like, like oh, don't worry. It's fine. That. He's just, just like kissing him on the neck. His black butt cheek, black bicycle short butt cheek. Spank me, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got joy work for you because okay. it's on Hulu, and because we're talking about like pop culture things and like Renaissance, it's called um, "You Can't Kill David Arquette." Okay, I've seen a not. I've I've only sc- scroll past it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a documentary about the actor David Arquette. Um, for those of you who don't know, in the 2000s, other th- like on top of being an actor and in the Scream movies, David Arquette made a movie called uh, Ready to Rumble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which featured heavily the WCW stable of wrestlers. Wasn't it 
I I don't want to interrupt you. I thought it was produced by it. it no, it was like okay. a, by the by uh, Turner. Like they made yeah. the movie. So to hype the movie, they folded David Arquette into the weekly WCW programming. Sweet. And he won the world championship belt for a time. <laughs> so they hung awesome. the belt on David Arquette in the storyline. Like he fought, he won. I think it was Diamond Dallas Page. And uh, this will come as no surprise to you. Wrestling fans being what they are, are like, David Arquette, you're a piece of shit. Of course. You took a shit on our heritage. You stole that belt. Like, Booker T is there every week where, you know, like, whatever. So he's got this hanging over his head. And as you watch this documentary, what I didn't realize is, like, he is a huge wrestling fan. Good for him. Which is why he did the movie. Amazing. So the the documentary is, what's cool about it is it's, like, twofold because it's David Arquette doing the work like he wants to wrestle and be taken legitimately and so it's, it's about him taking his bumps like going to these wrestling camps like learning the trade to try and like get to win over this fan base and become like a legitimate wrestler i think the only reason i will ever get in moderate shape again is just so i won't die when I scrape up enough money to go to like Fun Dad's wrestling camp weekend, I would love to I, go to that wrestling camp. It's so because I had it just like flitted through my brain. It was before this. We I even watched this documentary, which I can't tell you to watch enough. What's cool about it is, is because David right, Arquette yeah. is a wrestling fan. He plays into the kayfabe of wrestling, so the documentary itself is like you don't know what's real and what's not mm, yeah so he goes to these he goes to these wrestling camps and like it's just that wrestling mythos so like he's legitimately trying to like work out and get healthy and like help himself but then also you're kind of like where's the rub like where's the bit it's so good because it's so well crafted in the pacing of the documentary so it's like that very werner herzogian like where does reality right and where's fiction, the wall like blend together and because you're talking about wrestling that line is just it's totally out the window it's the irishman casey no and he does and he goes to these camps and works out and i was like why is there not just for like you said like health like why isn't there like a wrestling workout camp where all you do is it's like a ucb where you it, go you work out you learn the bumps and then you have your your sunday show and then hey, that's it that's wrestling 101 class brilliant. and you put on a show you put on the show because i was thinking about it for harvey because she's such a like ragamuffin she's so much more physical than both ashley and i are like, she's always running around she loves wrestling and tumbling and i was like she may not ever be into sports but i was like she would love that wrestling like the jumping and the tumbling and the, the that fact is that it is such a good idea that like is it's such like a acting. fun good idea Right? Because you couldn't you see like a fucking UCB one oh one wrestling class? Here's what you I'd get much out rather of it. see that than a fucking <laughs> improv you get class. Physical exercise, you mm -hmm. get communication skills, you get confidence yep. in public speaking, you get acting skills. You play to a crowd. Interaction skills. everything. Yeah. Oh my it's, god. It's all there. Community. It's there. That is yeah. a great idea. Because you like you have to care about your 
wrestle who you wrestle with because and like that's what's cool about watching this David Arquette thing is like what goes into just doing the base amount of wrestling and how much you have to be physically there and present like you can't fuck around. like you hear the stories about those dudes who would fucking do it high do it drunk yeah and you're still and then they still do it they still take care of you but it is so like David Arquette's learning a classic wrestling move and it's the hurricane rana so it's the one where you put your legs around their neck oh god and you, they flip yeah. you yeah so he's going with a guy that's like 300 400 pounds who's that's trying so to get nuts. him to like you got to get up you got to step up you got to go faster you got to go higher and the guy's the one taking the bump like david arquette looks cool right and he's just gassed and like okay got it like i need to do a lot more work just to do this most basic wrestling move just to keep up, because that's when you and get And then hurt. he, and which, which is cool, because you watch the arc, and he builds his goofy character around that move, and you see him implement it in these matches that they show. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's like, you're like, yeah, you did it! That's so fun. You're gonna love, um, love, hate this, I think. Do you get the, st- do you have stars streaming? Uh yeah 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 you do oh then think, yeah no because we that's how we watched um it's the American Gods oh no Marilyn Manson in that not for the not last anymore. episode so you're gonna get to do this I can't so one of my all time and the all time greatest wrestlers ever will be mm-hmm. retiring with his last match at this WrestleMania and this wrestler has been wrestling for almost 30 years and has never broken character in interviews or everything. Now on Stars, there is a five-part documentary what? in which he's breaking character and telling you his life story and his experiences in the ring, and that would be The Undertaker. And I saw him Shut on up. this show called Hot Ones, where you eat this guy, uh-huh. interviews oh, yeah, people, yeah. they eat the wings. The Hot Sauce show. Or and The Undertaker show, yeah. was on it, and he was... Just being himself, I feel shitty that I don't remember his name. And I was like, this guy's like the coolest Kurt fucking something. guy. This guy, like, obviously is just a normal dude. He's empathetic. They used to call him, or they call him the, um, I forget the name for it, but he's the, uh, like, the locker room judge. So he'd always, like, yes. they literally take him he's... and sit in front of him and he would, like, like the mediate old sage. beefs. Yes. It's like, Hans, you took a shit in the demolition man's duffel bag? Yes. All right, yes. you, you owe him six rolls of tape. Oh, so good. This guy is so fucking cool, and I've always loved The Undertaker so much. Oh, so same. That's you, my guy, dude. You have access to him. Like, you're going to... It's a five-part series. Shot. I can't wait. Because yeah. Ash and I have been watching a lot of 30 for 30s because of the Super Bowl. We're like, eh, let's just... We're going to go full-on sports. Yeah. So I can't wait. I didn't know that it was on Stars. That's amazing. It's either on it now or it's coming out. Or but I think be. it's out. Yeah. Oh, he talks. He best. tells a story That's... where he's fighting. Uh, he's doing. Uh, and of course, he's like one of the he's one of these amazing athletes that has all this retention. So like this mm-hmm. dude can pull a match that he had in Sioux City, Iowa in 1989 and like remember the choreography and the dance. And he tells a story about how he was wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin and Stone Cold just accidentally got knocked out. But it was a big match. It was literally mm-hmm. like a WrestleMania or like King of the Ring yeah. or something. So he just wrestled with Stone oh, like Cold's a, lifeless a corpse and tried to make oh, him like 
weekend at Bernie's and make him like look alive until he like could come to. So oh, like, oh my I gotta God. go back and watch that. I love that. I love wrestling so uh, much. That he, is such that a good idea. Has the best matches. He's got yeah. all the classics of that Attitude Era where he fights Shawn Michaels in the steel cage. And man, and it's just like you can't have because for those of you who don't know, the Undertaker is the most gimmicky gimmick of all gimmicks ever pulled. Oh yeah. And what makes the character even so much better is because he got over with the audience. For sure. Because he, he had the, the, the manager who whose name was Paul Bear. Amazing. Carried around an urn with him. I think the way the story went, like his mom's ashes are in the urn. And just like they play the like funeral dirge and he comes out in his like dark gray and purple outfit. He talks like, about he, it. His like music, sorry, his like first intro music is done by like Steven Soundheim or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's just so it's uh, just the like jokiest of joke characters, but the guy is so good in the ring. So good. And so imposing. He's like a seven foot tall dude with red hair. Early on, I think he he used to like uh as the victor, he would put his his demolished into a coffin and they would get lowered under the no, stage. What, one of my most vivid memories from childhood was watching, uh, it may not even have been Monday Night Raw. I think it was like Tuesday night. It was before like wrestling became what it was. Sure. But the Undertaker fought the Ultimate Warrior, who at mm. the time, like as a kid, is like, Ultimate Warrior is like the comic book character Wolverine. Yeah, he's amazing. He just, everybody loves him. He's amazing. He kicks everyone's butt. Of course. So, like, this is the moment I became an Undertaker fan because Undertaker's the heel. He's the bad guy. And like Hansi said, like, he has a move called the Tombstone and he, like, puts your arms on you and lays you down like you're at a funeral and he pins you. So he was fighting uh, the Ultimate Warrior and part of the gimmick was it was, like, the character, his manager, Paul Bear, talked like this. So and it was like, was Ultimate Warrior, he's gonna bury you alive. <laughs> And I was just like, I was like white knuckling this episode and they fight and they fight out of the ring and they go. And it's so beautiful because it's this like grassy knoll with the casket in it and the dirt. And it's lit so dramatically like a universal horror movie. Ugh. And they fight and fucking Undertaker throws him in and lowers it. And the episode ends and it's like that brilliant wrestling move because they're like. The announcer's going crazy. He's like, he buried him alive! He's, he's in there! He buried him alive! <laughs> so they, like, lower the casket. They finally raise the casket, and they open it and pull the ultimate warrior out, and he's all red and passed out. And they show the top of the casket, which I think he just was, like, in there and just scratching at it, ripped it. They're like, he ripped his fingernails out! He was trying to climb out of there! <laughs> I love just, that. And then the episode ends, and you see a fucking ambulance with the man and this like ripped apart casket, and I was just like, I can't sleep. That's <laughs> so good. He buried my hero alive. He killed it. And I was just like hooked. That was it. I was hooked every week. And I was like, he's the worst. He's the worst. And eventually, like, but he's the best. He's the best. He's the bad guy. You're going to love this. Here's maybe the greatest sporting event that never came to be. It fell apart last minute. I'm sure in the documentary they'll go into more depth. Mankind versus Undertaker. At Alcatraz. Oh, no way. <laughs> they had it ready to oh go. Ready God, to go. Yes. And then. It, you know like, there's an electric chair involved. Oh, it would have been. That episode so ends good. with. 
Oh, my oh God. no, he's turning it off. Flip the switch. Don't flip the switch. And if you're mankind, he probably would have had some. He's like, look, if you're going to electric chair me, I need some electrical. Just at least me. give me an electric. Give me a little buzz. Electric electrode in my butt cheeks. I need to make it real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. So, uh, let's see. Before a wedding in Kenya, they spin on the bride. Um, <laughs> that one's a, that's a, a, a simple one. Uh, that's nothing. Uh, break dishes in Germany. Prima Noctra. <laughs> Ooh, I got one for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have, if you, it's kind of deep on the old HBO Max. Okay. Search bar, Forensic Files 2. Oh, I've seen them all. Seen them all? Cool. Wait, it's on HBO Max? Yeah, dude. I pay an extra $5 on Sling just to maybe catch uh, one live stream. Just one season, though. One season. I know. Why didn't it's all they got? I've seen it. That weird guy oh, so you that, saw like, the, the bones. The first, epi- first episode about the guy yep. who whose wife, she's pregnant, commits suicide by hanging herself. Uh, Shady, shady dealings. You find out that he was known around the community as the ninja thief. And I just wrote down, that's my only note, is a real ninja always takes it. (laughs) And by it, I mean your underwear. Your life. (laughs) Because that's all he did. He was known to run the town for breaking into houses and stealing underwear. I just love the commitment to that 90s ninja stealing panties. Did you ever, it's, I'll have to send you a, a link. Nothing beats a good South Dakota forensic files. There's not a lot of them. Uh, there was oh. a priest in like, you know, like, uh, uh, not Brainerd, name a name a town in South Dakota, sure. Waskegon, whatever, <laughs> Redfield. Yes, no, perfect. That's a perfect Redfield. South Dakota town. And it was like this priest, he was like, you know, if you know small town South Dakota life, especially small town, not that small, Watertown's small, a big town, yeah. I'm talking small, yeah. maybe thousand people. That community revolves around the priest, and it was this guy, mightier than thou, Lutheran minister, didn't do anything wrong. Turns out he was, like, sneaking away to Vegas, he had a couple women on the side, and then he, like, crushed up pills and drowned his wife in the tub. And I was like, ooh, South Dakota, you had me at Redfield. (laughs) That's near the last (laughs) A&W. Oh, no, that's in uh That's in Webster. That's right? that's the home of Brock Lesnar. Thank you. Yeah, home of Bryce South Dakota himself. Bring it back to wrestling, baby. Bring it back, because that's the uh uh Ultimate Warrior he says his favorite wrestler of all time, Brock Lesnar. Come on, Ultimate. <laughs> he's a he's you know he's ulti- physically he's imposing. the ultimate he's gimmick. A... So his favorite wrestler is gonna be like the ultimate technician. Like the For ultimate sure, athlete. Yeah. If you're that big, it's like asking the guy that was like Doink the Clown. Like, I was a wrestling clown. Who's your favorite? Uh, Probably Ricky Steamboat. Very technical wrestler. Classic nut and bolts guy. Who are you again? I'm Dildo the Flying flying Clown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Irish the Flying Shamrock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Hulk Hogan's brother, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, but. I'm uh, I'm, Jerry uh... Bollea. I'm ring the bell ding. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, if I bet yeah, anyways, yeah, Dennis Haskins, maybe he could work his way into the ring. How hard would if you had some type of low level you could work your way into 
at least some of the local bouts, and you still get some you still oh, get yeah. some Mr. Perfects in there. Who Undertaker so, also said is one of the best technical wrestlers he's ever seen. Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning. Yeah. I gotta go back and watch some. I believe it. He was Mr. Perfect. His ba- those promos he cut were so good. They're some, so funny. Some of the greatest of all time. He yeah. throws the touchdown to himself. Like it's, it's so, so dumb. good. It's so dumb. Because he commits to it and he's like, Yeah, no, I'm I, my arm's so strong. That's all I you could do. throw a touchdown pass to myself. That means I'm also fast. It's so good because it just gets people angry. Like and that's the best part about it, is it pisses people off who don't like it. Which is why they do it. Like back when we were kids, like there were those people who it's fake. Yeah. You know, your dad, your dad said it's fake. Right. Yeah. And you're like, that, but that's the point. They want yeah. to piss you off. It was like, there's no way you could throw a touchdown pass to your own self. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they sped it up. Like, it's I'm obvious. I'm 10 and I know that's not true. <laughs> it um, makes me so mad. That's the, uh, do you think that, and that's where it's like, they, they put it, they're all in it to it. Their bodies, their dignity is not the right word, but they go full hog. Sure. They go insane and they play it up because they mean it. So does that go, but the sadness underneath is Mm -hmm. the movie, the wrestler. Do you think that lore goes away if they actually, cause they don't. Other than the smallest, tiniest percentage who like rise to uh, to the cream of the yeah. crop for whatever reason, they don't treat their wrestlers properly at all. Like there's no health care. They really oh, yeah, don't make that much money. They got to pay for their own like travel. They're like, and all they're you do like is Uber travel. drivers. Like that's yeah. how giggy pro wrestling is. Yeah. Unless you're in one where it's set out and you get paid appropriately. Like there's some creepy loophole where it's like. If you're injured in the ring, like, Vince McMahon doesn't have to pay for it. Nothing. Yeah, because you're an independent contractor. You have to sign that contract. Yeah. And you only get... Uh, yeah. Does that, no, no. Do, but would... does that diminish? Does that diminish the uh, grit of it all? I, I feel like it's like um, that uh, uh, George Orwell book, the uh, Down and Out Down in Paris and London. Like, there's that passage in there where he talks about working in that super fancy French restaurant where they work... All fucking day, 12 hours. The moment that restaurant closes, they go out and they fucking drink. Steal steaks, yeah. Drink hard, steal steaks. And they know it's going to hurt in the morning, but it's just, and he called it the pride and the drudge. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, so you get the you pride from like, well, fuck it. Like, it's part of it. It's not fair. Like, I don't, you shouldn't mythologize, like, getting taken advantage of and, like, putting your body and your mental well-being Right on on the plate for being sh- Shammy the Flying Shamrock, <laughs> like what you said, you know, like no, it's not worth it. But I feel like part of that is that juice, like oh, because you can't hack it. I can hack it. Yeah, you got that guy can't hack it. Right, you got to have a little blood. I just reread that. Well, just probably it feels like just, but like I feel like the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, one of my favorite, um, not passages, but. Uh, well, it's basically a passage of how to get free room and board or if, if you are not going to be able to pay is like to make sure to check in with like a nice piece of a luggage. So it looks like you have have money. And then as long as you oh, leave yeah. the luggage up there, when you leave, they'll be like, well, he would never leave his luggage. But he's like just checking in with like this shined up suitcase full of rocks, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
so good just how to scheme the system. Leaves in paper. He's like, well, I'll, I'll see you later. He's like, well, of course he will. He left his beautiful suitcase upstairs. Full of riches, I'm sure. Look yeah. at this thing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I guess, what do you think? I, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Marry your favorite ghost. Marry your favorite ghost. And it might be Screech. <laughs> oh, no. He could use a little. He a needs little a little love. love. He'll marry you for a pack of cigarettes, I guess. <laughs> oh, but those screech signed baseballs are going for. They're through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. But don't that worry. Account. They were only signed by my dad. <laughs> they went to the Frywall house and they were given a baseball signed by Screech Powers. Screech. <laughs> it's like the movie Ghost. Your dad puts. His hand over Haskins's hand and signed Screech. <laughs> baseball. Wait, baseball. so you went to a Columbus Clippers baseball game, uh-huh. met Dennis Haskins, uh-huh. who was signing baseballs, uh-huh. but he signed it as Dustin Diamond's character, Screech uh-huh. Powers. Yeah, what's so Cost strange me 50 about bucks. that? <laughs> <laughs> and he spanked me too. <laughs> Because I asked nice. Spank me, I'm Zach. <laughs> There's something I just love about how stupid that is. <laughs> gotta write this down. Spank me, I'm Zach. Oh, God. Oh, just more t-shirts for the old t-shirt pile. Yep, keep it in the bin. <laughs> Get homage on the phone. Oh, I love it. <sighs> Alright, dude. Alright. Well, let's hit it. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah! Mm. Oh, what are you eating there, Screech, old buddy? A mercury marshmallow treat! <laughs> well, can I have a bite? Hey, you already ate yours, this one's mine! <laughs> Don't be greedy, Screechy! Mm. All I want is one itty-bitty bite! <laughs> <laughs>